Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets, and it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to ufy.com. That's eufy.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum, for only $799. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both pairs have, have spoken with each other and. Uh, And they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both more keen to to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we put them back in their houses for ten years. Welcome along to the GR on a Wednesday. It's our last Wednesday before we split out the two shows next Thursday into the hurling show and the football show for the National League. So we're back on Wednesday. It's myself and Conan in studio. Connor's not here. He's rang in sick. Uh, Conan had Astro last night. Sprained his foot. Woke up this morning. Can't walk on it. Gone to A and E. These things can escalate very quickly. Jesus, can I record though? I mean, I, we would do anything to be here in the GR studio. We would just take well, their voices. Well, that's it. You've never. You've never not shown up. I've never due to a in, day. Due to, you've never missed the day. I get most committed award every year. <laughs> <laughs> so we're nearly there, and uh, Air Sport and TG4 have launched their their schedules for the National League. And as we know, TG Cahar is all over the league, so they're forty matches to be broadcast as part of their spring schedule. And that's very exciting. So they're across all sorts of games, club games. Um, I think they have some of the third level games. They've loads of yeah. national league games, up to three games on a Sunday. I'm actually arguing here now. Shout me down if you want. There's too much bloody games. Ah <laughs> oh, no no come no! Come on, like on, I mean, no. Jesus, what about family life? <laughs> I've got three games to watch. Three in it. So listen to this. So Air have got uh, I think it's 17 games. Um, they have I had that written down 15 live games in the coming months so they have up to three games on a Saturday night so you have six games on Saturday night and Sunday 
Where's my weekend gone? Like, I mean, what can we complain uh, about here? Two months ago, you had Declan McBennett <laughs> in the studio and you had him by the pen of the collar against the wall almost. Like, where the hell are our games? There are not enough games and now you're telling me there's too many. I think there's too... I think this is oversaturation. Can I say <laughs> <Jesus>. that? <laughs> Look, I've been up since 3am this morning, so I'm just looking for something to complain about. But you still made it in. I did. But, anyways, so the coverage on Air Sports, so TG Cahar didn't really say who it was. I presume it's the same kind of group. TG Cahar aren't really about their panel and everything you know they're, they're not usually high profile pundits they're pundits on the field at half time they're grand I usually can't understand what they're saying anyway mm. it's more about the games you know they bring us the games and we're all very appreciative of that Air Sport make a bit of more of a splash about theirs you know yeah. they had all their they had all their pundits there that Sen and Connell the man with nine lives ex-employee uh, of ours uh, we love Senan on this show Billy Joe Padden Mark O'Shea Michael Meehan is in there be interesting to see him did some work with him before on News Talk Marty Clark and Aaron Kernan are on the football and we have Tommy Walsh much smaller hurling panel Tommy Walsh Owen Kelly and Seamus Hickey are the three on the hurling so we look all very young uh, yeah. you know modern kind of pundits they have Moira Trassa Nikialig and Anna Geary Damien Lawler and Connor Morris on their presenting team so they've got the gender balance exactly 2 on 2 there so nobody can actually say anything about them we all know the pressure that comes with getting that old gender balance thing right so they're bang on that so it's exciting to see what they're going to come with Air. I like Air's coverage usually Dave McIntyre's not in there um, for whatever reason maybe yeah. he's too busy he's a very busy man um, he's not in there on, on commentary duty but look their coverage is u- usually very good um, during the summer as is TG Cahar's yeah TG Cahar it is interesting you say that because they have like a bit of a, a gap in the market it's like they don't need to make that splash because nobody else is covering Fitzgibbon or Sigerson and nobody else is doing all the club games that they're doing and when you think of club you just associate it with TG Car. so it's almost like they're not under as much pressure they provide all these star names the air panel looks class like and like Mark O'Shea in particular every time we've had him on here he's been he's been really good yeah mm-hmm. no well they probably need a contrarian there's a lot of agreement will probably happen on that panel which is yeah. you know it's important as well to be entertained as well as uh, educated but now that we mentioned the club games and RTE now this is last week's news this is the frustrating thing about uh, doing only one show a week you miss all this kind of news and now this is really old <laughs> yeah. that RTE are I don't know how Air agreed to this actually because they're, RTE are going to show four league games now so they're going to be simulcast on air and on RTE so there's no one going to watch air mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean their whole selling point is to have these exclusively now I wonder will that affect subscriptions knowing that there's going to be four on RTE I wonder would G- diehard GA fans get an air subscription you know for four months or three months while that National League is, is going yeah. on enjoy it and now I wonder if it's on if it's on RT2 I'd say RT would have to pay a lot of money to have got the rights to those ones you know I'm surprised that they were able to get in there also they're getting uh, they're broadcasting games from the AIB club championships now we don't know um, what that's going to entail and that's fantastic news as well and like to be fair I did say did I did I not say Declan Matt Bennett wait 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 he's a GEA man he's Monaghan man he will change things Royal Nugent was a rugby man and this wasn't anything against Royal Nugent but we know RT can do better in three months mm. and Declan Matt Bennett being a GEA man has immediately improved it I predicted yeah. this would happen 
And what RT do, you, like wh- whether you like their coverage or not, RT are the show. Like they're the national broadcaster. They're like they bring the X factor. And for me, when I see that they're doing the league, even though it's only four weeks, but that's half of the league season. When I see they're doing it, it just gives the league so much more credence straight away. You know? Yeah. Like no matter what, like TG Kerr and Air do a great job, but it's RT you're doing it now, and I think. Like I think the players take it seriously anyway, but I think once RTE start covering every round of the league, everybody will start like taking far more seriously than what it is because we both know how amazing it is. Like it is yeah. probably the best competition, but we can actually just enjoy it before the championship and enjoy it as like brilliant because we're hyping it up properly because RTE are involved. Yeah, no, exactly. Now what I think I've obviously uh, interviewed Declan McBennett and was asking him about this, and I'm very have strong opinions on the national broadcaster only showing GA for three months. They've rectified that somewhat. This runs from 2019 to 2022. I can't wait for the next agreement in 2022. This is a weird one. How they were able to change this mid contract, you know? So like, I mean, now we have John Horan looking for the tier two it's not John Horan's we've all been campaigning for a tier 2 a lot of people for a long long I have been for a long long time Mm. so if they're able to change the RTE thing mid-contract so why can't they give Virgin Media the tier 2 All-Ireland so what they sold back in 2000 and whatever it was 17 for the 5 years didn't have a tier 2 now it has a tier 2 Sky and RTE the broadcast partners for TV for the championship will not want tier 2 they, they're going to fight over the big glamour games in tier 1 so who's going to cover tier 2 Virgin Media and let's have a sat- let's have those games on a Saturday a Saturday night game showing tier 2 then the Sunday game on the Sunday showing tier 1 wouldn't that be fantastic like I mean this is the way they should be looking and Joe McDonough Cup that's the tier 2 hurling all Ireland let's get that in the mix on Virgin as well now this obviously Virgin have to want it (laughs) but Virgin came in strongly looking for GEA the last time and they got burned uh, by Sky so like I mean I'd imagine I wouldn't see any reason let Air Sport in and show the Tier 2 All-Ireland you know this should be if they're trying to sell this Tier 2 All-Ireland it has to be on television yeah well I agree with that Um, just uh, I would ask you do you think that Virgin or Air like do you think they will go for those games or like would they hold out and just get a, a second rate first division game well the way I look at it right is when Air Sport started showing the National League mm. and they hyped up this National League like they've made that I think their Saturday night games and the glamour and it being on television I think this whole thing has has made the league a little bit more important yeah. that we're seeing more games I think the Tier 2 All-Ireland on TV with a Saturday night game All-Stars at the end of the year the All-Ireland in Croke Park do you know the day before or the day of this Senior All-Ireland this tier two becomes a huge, huge competition. Then, as far as I'm concerned, oh, like I agree. I just I suppose I just want the TV companies to buy well, like, into. Like. But like this is like at the end of the day, at at the moment, Virgin have nothing. Mm. So is a tier two better than nothing, or did they wait till t- 2022 and start bidding for the tier one again? Do you know, or do do, do they show how brilliant they are on tier two? And then maybe bid in 2022. Anyways, this yeah. is pure speculation. I'm not working in the sales team or the programming <laughs> team in, in Virgin. Um, you saw this footage from the Derry uh, Tyrone game oh, in the it. McKenna Cup. Now, this was shocking. So Derry's head of performance analysis, Ben McGuckian. Do you know him? Yeah, good fella. Okay, he shared this footage. It was edited footage. 
but it looks to be genuine I actually had to look at it a few times to see is, <laughs> it, was, is there trickery going on here or is this actually for real <laughs> it looks to be so genuine I couldn't believe it I said this cannot be real so Kieran Brannigan is the referee here now Ben McGuckian says on Twitter he says this three hand pass rule has to go the inconsistency of refing is it is shocking if top officials inverted commas can't keep up how will club level referees cope now I've seen this and I, I would uh, urge anyone to go on and look at this clip so it shows two occasions where Brannigan gets the hand pass wrong completely arseways for Derry so a ball is kicked down by the foot it's hand passed once and on the second hand pass Brannigan is blowing up a free so he hasn't seen the kick pass or he hasn't counted the kick yeah. pass that they're back down to zero now I don't think this is the rules fault this is just atrocious refereeing if you see it and not only that yeah. it happens again for Derry so another kick pass a hand pass after the kick pass the first hand pass yeah and he blows that up <laughs> like that's deplorable refereeing you I'm cannot you know in, in fairness to Ben he can't use that as a problem with the this is brain dead refereeing oh, for Brannigan oh like I, I do agree with that like I, I do like this is just if, this was, if you give a red card it wasn't a red card we'd yeah, be signing not, Brannigan it's like, not the red know. card's fault it's the referee's fault yeah. now, and then on the Tyrone side he showed two more examples of Tyrone blatantly f- hand passing four times in a row <laughs> and not getting pulled for it yeah. so like not only is he counting it wrong on the Derry side one Way it's not like he has a consistent problem with this. Yeah, he's got he's got two two uh, opposite problems. <laughs> and both times after the fourth hand pass for Tyrone, it ended up straight away giving them a free, which they scored both yeah. times. Yeah, which Ben yeah. made sure to <laughs> include in the video. We only lost by three points. Really, <laughs> when you factor in those four decisions, we yeah. might have won. So anyone listening to this that hasn't seen that video, search Ben McGuckin on on Twitter, and I'm sure you'll see the video that he put up there. Interestingly, Kieran Brannigan is the referee that Dear McConnelly pushed when he was a linesman that day who really should have seen Connolly being manhandled or pushed off the ball that's what Connolly was getting a bit annoyed for yeah. um, and he was also the referee to Kevin McStay <laughs> that was refereeing the game that Kevin McStay threw the ball at him or his linesman so he missed an issue on the field McStay gave out to the linesman saying you need to tell him this how did he not see this yeah. and then McStay ends up throwing the ball at one of them and hitting one of them on the head so like I mean Brannigan hasn't I, I'm not I, the, tri, the jury's out in this Kieran Brannigan yeah. referee basically the, the one thing I would qualify it with is that he is still an inter-county referee so like the yeah. more and I, I would I remember saying before like oh you don't want to give referees too much power and something like this gives him another excuse to make a mistake you know and yeah. when he's trying to count the passes and I, I spoke to a referee actually yesterday great piece on the way Willie you're not going to like it but um, he said like the problem with the hand pass rules that you're looking for the hand passes you're counting it meanwhile the full back could be beating the shit out of the full yeah. forward well that's a, I think that's an umpire's decision because we'll talk about two referees now in a, in a little while this idea of the two referees umpires need and linesmen need to help the referee yeah. they're, they're extra eyes like I mean this is just a re- they're all mic'd up the, re- the full back is pulling and dragging here this is a f- you, do you get me like I mean yeah. it, so you go to club level though I suppose which is always in the well that's true there'd be, there'd be there'd be chancers on I'd either I'd be behind that sense. didn't see anything <laughs> but anyway uh, David Hassan was at this coaching conference and he brought up a slide this Malik Leclerkin had a piece here trying uh, arguing to take it easy on the rules and I think that he had a great point and I kind of made the point last week that they do deserve a bit more respect and managers should respect these new rules and you know 
go into this new experiment with the best intentions and see how they work properly you know instead of saying we're not going to bother with this but Hassan brought up a slide showing six other sports that changed their rules within the past six months soccer, golf, rugby, cricket Aussie rules and tennis with the exception of AFL you're talking about sports with a global profile Hassan made the point that very few of those sports had had made any real effort to enter into conversations with their players managers, coaches on the rule changes in most cases they made the decision and they brought in the rules and everybody else just got used to them sometimes like, like I've made this point managers and players are kicking up a whole racket here and they're, they're feathering their own nest they're looking after themselves why can't a rules committee like that independent look at the game in its totality you can disagree or not mm. and then these rules are brought in and stop I don't care Declan Bodder whether you're trying it or not you're going to have to because these rules are coming in we need to see will these work and we don't we, what yeah. you say to us is not necessary we'll take any feedback you have but these rules will go ahead yeah now I- they're up for debate and I think it's the 19th what day are we now 16th so yeah, Saturday Saturday they're going to it's at Central Council and I think the GPA are meeting John Horan around that time as well yeah and I agree with that like I just with the like the soccer for example there like you know the rules that he's talking about like VAR and stuff like that you know like where it's not really going to change much it's just Conan, it helps them if that was in the GEA there'd be war about this as well <laughs> there, like so this VAR is a poison chalice half the time too like I mean all the analysis of that is because there's so much diving in soccer and penalties are grey areas and even with slow-mo replay his pundits can't agree on this yeah. sure that's not really helping anything either and there'd be war Ulster would say no to VAR <laughs> we'd say no to everything <laughs> we'd say no to Brexit now that's it so like I mean I don't I don't know and like another thing is Martin Brettany so I think might be the first time I've mentioned his name in a positive manner on this show but he had a piece today and like they're all talking about goals you hear them all saying you won't score goals under these rules you won't get goals and he has stats he says 40 of last year's 68 championship games produced no more than two goals while 77 of 110 Alliance League games did the same of the 29 Division 1 games 23 had two or fewer goals 9 had one goal and 8 had no goals I'm not sure what game people have been seeing in the last few years but you ain't scoring goals with two sweepers and zonal mm. like Dublin are, what Dublin are actually beating the likes of Leash by and Longford by is 125 yeah. they beat Galloway by 126 Dublin aren't even trying to score goals because there's too many men back. They're just they're just working laboured long hand pass sequences points. But that's like and I would just like, criticise those teams for letting them kick over twenty seven points and not pushing out on them. Do you know like and like Dublin end up hammering them anyway? Like, but I, the point of the goals, I don't think they, like this hand pass isn't going to ruin goals. In two thousand eleven, we do the stats. It's not like we had a goal drought back then, and that's all. Nine out of ten hand pass sequences ended after three hand passes back then. So like yeah, I mean, but ten percent of them didn't. It you know? is, but it's real. It's real scaremongering stuff that's going on with the managers. Like I mean, it's almost like they're ringing each other and actually coming out. Like in a in unison with this anti kind of new rules. Yeah, I I just think this this should be when you're like bringing a rule. Like honestly, I know you probably don't believe me. Like I am all for listening to new rules. I just like some of the problems. <clears> that <we're throat> see, some of the problems we're seeing now. I I had sort of predicted them, Willie. But like I think like when you are producing a new rule, it probably should be a bit more watertight. Like you don't want to be seeing problems before it gets brought in. I know you yeah. have to see it, but some of the problems that we are seeing now, even the referee, were things that people said this will probably happen if we bring this in. Yeah. Ah, look, we all knew that. Like I mean. 
mean, I thought up of proposals before this whole thing started, and the limit on the hand pass wasn't one of them. It's not something I would have done, mm. but I want to see it. I want to see it evolve and see it work. But anyways, we'll move off that because we've gone to town on the new rules until we start seeing some league games and we might get back into it. Um, the hurlers have been very quiet lately, and I think maybe it's a fault of ours. There's just never as much talking points in hurling in the hurling world yeah. as there is in Gaelic football for whatever reason. Everything goes kind of running smoothly. They never really complain about how the weaker counties are being treated. They never, you know, it's just one big happy group of people yeah, that just like get, their sport. Just get on with it. Um, but Brian Cody has been given out. Um, so he's described the fixture schedule whereby the Fitzgibbon Cup coincides with the start of the National League as madness. Brian Cody's are very few to disagree with you on this one. So in the space of a fortnight starting next Sunday, three rounds of Fitzgibbon Cup matches will be crammed into the first two rounds of the National Hurling League. Now, oh, can you? We knew this was going to happen, anyways. But yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> that after last year, the Kier Malloy thing, all that stuff, that nothing's changed. There's, it's the very same schedule of games in the National League, the same shoehorned into uh, February and March. You've got eight games in ten weeks, so you've got tiny little bit of room to manoeuvre. The final is on March the 30th, so if there's any sort of a, a mess up, you're into the April months, they might end up having to cancel <laughs> league games again. They've just left it the same. Yeah. They've left the schedule exactly the same as the year before after all that shit. And we're guaranteed uh, really bad rain. Guaranteed yeah. really bad rain in February. The frost coming now apparently as well. Yeah, frost which coming will happen. Hard, ga- hard ground. <laughs> all that stuff's going to happen. And the very same thing happens again. I can't comprehend that. And I can't comprehend the crossover of inter-county players playing Fitzgibbon, Sigerson, and inter-county matches. And Brian Cody can't understand it. He says... He says we've twelve players involved in Fitzgibbon. I remember, I remember almost exact quotes from a manager similar last year. I think it could have been the Clare manager. He says we've twelve players involved in Fitzgibbon. It's not just about us, but all the counties. And then to talk about burnout, but that's really, really, really madness from a fixture point of view. He said, and I haven't heard one person mention a single thing about it. Brian, start listening to this podcast. But here's, but how there's not some kind of communication, whatever, whatever way you want to put it, between the people making the fixtures, it's madness. But it's the situation we're in. Like you can't speak any more plainly than that. Like the greatest manager, the game hurling manager, the game's ever seen, and he's saying twelve of our players are in double competitions in in February yeah. in terrible weather, and. It, the really harsh part for these poor 12 fellas it's alright for an established player too what about the poor chap trying to get on the squad or trying to get on the panel so this fella's going to try and play a boat yeah. he's going to train with Kenny right up to the Fitzgibbon match and he's going to really mess his body up yeah you said Kier Malloy we had him on the show recently and he did he sounded a bit like not, not frustrated but disappointed that he didn't make the Galway team last year he knows he's young but then it was only Ian Burke from Cora Finn that made it because they were out until March he was obviously playing Sigerson as well no, he's in the same situation. Cora Finner's still going. He's playing Sigerson, and I saw he was playing against Mayo the other day for Galway. So he's obviously in training with Galway, even though he still has Sigerson coming up and he still has Cora Finn to do, which I haven't really seen before. Like, yeah. So he's playing these games in the F- FBD because he wants to try and impress Galway. And now, so this guy who's trying to get into the team, like you say, is now juggling three balls at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to juggle three balls at once, I'd say. The, but the Brian, the Brian Cody one is interesting. Tony Kelly, or Maddie Kenny, is onto, this, onto the same topic. He says, three games in six days. 
he's talking about uh, crossover is going to be or this is in January he says so the planners this scheduling that the GA is talking about it's gone horribly wrong again right so that oh, they, Dublin just played three games in six days and that's in January so like I mean Tony Kelly is on about the same thing now he's left college he says I'm done so there's a bit of downtime to train hard with the county while the Fitzgibbon is on he says but now we have lads facing into the Fitzgibbon Cup next Sunday again in midweek and then a league game at the weekend it's pretty daunting for them especially if you're new into a county panel that's the point I was making he said it's very hard to establish establish yourself on a county panel if you're going to be with the college twice and rejoining the league panel that weekend it's just not fair it's not yeah. fair try and get it try and just put yourself fixtures planners who probably never kicked an inter-county ball in their lives put, try, they can't even picture putting themselves in these players shoes yeah they can't even pi- picture it I'm sure in, in hindsight I feel really bad for like making fun of Brian Howard last year remember he didn't play for his <laughs> Sigerson game and yeah, he, just, he took a stand but he probably lost his scholarship for that we don't know he ended up playing there. the week after oh, he, in a quarter final or semi final I think he missed two did. games and then played the last yeah. game yeah or something like but that but like you know and I remember saying something like oh Jeremy Connolly will just come back and take his place anyway <laughs> then he would have been young player of the year if it wasn't for a freak David Clifford yeah. but he had Look, to make that decision Conan we don't always get it right in this <laughs> show yeah we definitely so Wexford beat Kilkenny the last bit of hurling here for a minute um, it was a fairly fiery game and Davy Fitzgerald who, how can you not love Davy Fitzgerald and he obviously does not watch Connor sketches at all I think he said that on Unfiltered Dion's uh, podcast yeah. so he doesn't watch it and I believe him when he says he doesn't watch it because Connor sketches impression of Davy is well I'm not saying nothing so I'm not or whatever and this is what he keeps saying so here's Davy after <laughs> there's Davy after Kilkenny Wexford game he says all I'll say is it'll be an interesting year actually I mightn't say too much but it will be interesting as the year goes on that's all I'll say <laughs> is that, it doesn't get any more Davy than that's that class. he's absolutely brilliant anyways moving on this is something that caught my eye here and I thought it was interesting like, um, like Declan Bonner I'm starting to wonder about Declan Bonner Declan Bonner is a player see I've had a huge grow for the Declan Bonners the Paul Currens all these fellas from the early 90s where I was 14, 15 watching these games on mm. the telly thinking Jesus these lads are supermen they're unbelievable players and I've met him a good few times and I like him and then a few things that keeps happening and he- here he is now talking about uh, three players so it's Stephen McBrearty it's Mark McHugh and it's Derek O'Connor right so they're not on the panel mm. now we don't know why they're not on the panel well for now anyways so the only goal boss was asked after the match um where the three lads are so they haven't, they haven't they're not on the panel and it's a very fair question Declan <laughs> any news on the, on the three lads I'm not making any comment on those he says right so then a little bit later he's pressed on this on why they were uh, asked were they unavailable were they injured or were they dropped Bonner replied did you not hear me the first time I'm only making comments on players that we have here training and working with us. Now, would, would you read into that that there's something untoward here? Is a disciplinary issue. Bonner's pissed off with these lads. He doesn't want to talk about them. Like, that's the kind of impression I get there. Yeah. It's combative. It's like, Jesus, forget about those three... I found out about those three lads. They have not committed a panel for different reasons. Work commitments is yeah. one of them, and the other, which they're perfectly entitled to do. And what would wrong? Why would wrong be wrong for Declan Bonner say? Yeah, well, the three lads couldn't commit this year. We hear this all the time. We wish them the best of luck, and sure, you know, the door will remain open next year if they decide yeah. to come back. There's more to life than football. At the end of the day, Mark has given great service to Donegal, and now you know he might have work commitments, whatever. 
why can't he say that is yeah. he, he it's almost like Declan Bonner is trying to be Jim Gavin with the media and he just doesn't seem to have the intelligence to be able to play that kind of and giving you nothing game because this is not a uh, this is not an example where you give nothing not, it's like, a very simple answer actually you say Jim Gavin I was thinking the best way for uh, Declan Bonner to deal with that would have just been like you know, a Jim Gavin answer just well you know like yeah, they're just taking a bit of time out and yeah. don't say anything like just leave you have to like you're even but this isn't a scandal like <laughs> lads are allowed to go for different reasons say, well they, they couldn't commit this year we hear it all the time yeah but even if it was a scandal like Jim Gavin just would just lie anyway like you know Jim McConley what the hell's happened with your best players like ah he's taking a bit of time out to think about things and you know, yeah. he doesn't tell us anything and then yeah. things go on and nobody really like you know sort of presses any further because they're yeah. not getting anything I'm not making any comment about those players did you not hear me the first time <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, yeah that thing I'm only making comments on players who are here training like uh, yeah, it's maybe like it didn't mean it didn't show way. up yeah, training. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it probably didn't mean it that way, but I'm looking at that thinking, mm. but also like not to sort of disrespect the lads, but Steve McBurty, you know, he was showing a bit in the league, but you know, wasn't really making the starting team then when it came down to it. And yeah, and he went away to America last summer, so like, I mean, we'd like. My information is that the three lads have dropped off themselves. Yeah, you know, so like, Declan Bonner could be annoyed that they've dropped off, but like, I mean, y- you can't start kind of almost insinuating that these lads have done something wrong because they haven't it's a voluntary game it's an amateur game like, I mean, you, anyways I, I just, just think it could have had bigger blows as well like Dara O'Connor I think from the three of them looks like it's a bit of a blow because he's always the real razor sharp sub that comes on for yeah. him but ah, he flat, like, I mean, he made more of an impression two years ago exactly. than he did like, you know, I, yeah. Mark McHugh if this three hand pass comes in who's the best <laughs> sweeper in Ireland who was the best sweeper in Ireland here's a really good one now so Leash, this is okay these are the kind of things that you just scratch your head and you go God nowhere else other than the GA would do this so remember we were complaining that Leash are going to be punished because they went on a training camp two weeks before last year's championship in April for clubs and John and John Sugru wrote a big letter you know kind mm. of being a little bit sarcastic about Dublin going to France and we should have maybe said that we were in Kerry on a historical trip and we yeah. would have got away with it so John was dead right so during April Leash played cha- Leash played four rounds of the National League that all their, their players were available for but two weeks before the championship before the Wexford game they went on a training weekend I don't see anything wrong with that but yeah. the GEA are like you can't go on a training weekend during this month so Leash have to be punishment, punished so their punishment is that they lose a game in the National League this year Where's the league being played? Where's the league game being played that they're being punished for? Croke Park. <laughs> <It's like> <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pick a random um, like a, Park. It's like a reward. <laughs> yeah. It's like well done for doing that. You now you get a gaming headquarters where everybody loves to play. So now Leash's National League Division Three clash against Loud, a well winnable game for Leash, will be in Croke Park on February the third um, for the punishment. <laughs> so they were due to play Loud in a Moor Park, um, but instead they're going to Croke Park. So I think it's part of a triple triple um, header that day so I don't think anyone in Leash would be too disappointed with this with this uh, punishment it's, it's, a, it's a classic isn't it and it works out that the GA get a better fixture as well with three three games at once in their Crook Park three games I think there's a Dublin double header that same day Dublin plays someone someone in the men and women's football and Leash is the curtain raiser to the two of them that's but like classic get an extra game at Crook Park you know more experience yeah. uh, a Leash live game which wouldn't have been the, the highest bills now like, at the best stadium yeah. I'd go on more like training weekends and get this punishment fantastic stuff 
fantastic stuff. So Muggsy has retired. Ah. Um, now I'm on defence as whether you're allowed actually retire when you're a club player. I had this out with Mark O'Shea recently on Twitter that he retired from the Gaeltacht in Irish on Twitter and he'd already retired from Kerry and he can only retire once right <laughs> this, this double retirement looking for the nice red notifications of likes on Twitter and Instagram and all this I'm not I'm not a fan of retirements anyways full stop but what are you retiring from a pastime for give me a break I don't even like re- I don't like I don't like retirements big deals made around retirements I'm not into that so Retiring from club about five years after you've retired from Intercounty, I think you're really pushing the boat out there. Only I like Muggsy a lot, so I'm going to be very positive about this retirement because he was such a legend, and he gives an ex- gives us an excuse to play this audio. Stephen O'Neill has it back for Tyrone, seeking out Owen Mulligan. Mulligan out in front. Chris the end of the game. Mulligan. They've got to work a score from this. Owen Mulligan. Options to his left. Still Mulligan. Mulligan. What a goal! One of the great goals we've seen at Croke Park. Magic, magic Mulligan. The level. Incredible goal by Mulligan that time. He saw two of the most wonderful dummies. Made out as if he was going to punch pass twice. Didn't follow the ball, just watch it. Took a pass to no shot to see. Went again, Paul Casey bought the dummy, but rocketed to the back of the net. What a goal. I know we talked to Muggsy on the, about this on the show up in Cookstown, if you want to have a listen to it, but... I can't think I cannot think of a better goal in the history of me watching Gaelic football importance yeah. big stage individual brilliance it's the GEA equivalent of Diego Maradona in Mexico 86 that's what it is yeah. it's uh, it's outstandingly brilliant individual goal mm. I can't think of a better one skill don't give me a Paddy Bradley goal no well, there is a great Paddy Bradley goal <laughs> at Crook Park which is actually my highest dairy memory 2004 against Westmeath they beat Leash in the yeah. Leicester final Paddy Bradley coming in off the right outside of the left boot to the far top corner now it wasn't better than Owen Mulligans I can admit it just, just because of the importance of Mulligans as well but yeah like skill audacity nerve like they think goal nobody else thinks goal when you win the ball in the 45 no he was, his back was to goal and Paul Griffin who's a very sticky defender was right up behind him mm. So there's no goal on there and Muggsy's not playing well. Yeah. He's not playing well and he hasn't been on the team all year. It was a great pass. Was Stephen O'Neill played the pass, was it? Like, Stephen O'Neill played the nice little diagonal yeah. ball infield. Brian yeah. McGuigan makes a support run. Like, you know, oh, it was unbelievable. And then actually, I think it is better. I don't know if you can count it, but because he backed it up the next week yeah. with another goal and that celebration. And he backed and it up in the, in the semi-final and the final. Yeah, the goal like, is now an event. Yeah, but, you know, it wasn't just that ten seconds. It was a pivotal moment in turning Tyrone's season around, turning Mulligan's season around into an All Ireland winning season. It's incredible. Mm. Everything that went on with that goal, not just the brilliance of it, what it meant, what it did. You yeah. know, like I mean, it's fant- they were dead and buried for, at half time in that game, five points down until Muggsy, a, f- a player who wasn't playing well, ha- wasn't having a good year, turns it all on its head, get the draw, beat Dublin in the replay beat Wexford well and then beat Kerry against all the odds in the final and in that final Muggsy catches a ball on the edge of the square lays it off to Canavan after a diagonal ball from Davy Hart yeah. for arguably another a different completely different type of goal but another one of the great Croke Park goals one of the most perfect catches as well like yeah. he's, he's actually just in the air and he's hanging for two seconds and bang catches the ball at the very highest point with just two clean hands and you can see Canavan's face coming on like you know give it to me now but I hate talking about Tyrone like this to be honest but to be honest like this is ah, actually that a, was a magic Tyrone team this is a reason I think it's okay for somebody like Mulligan to announce a retirement then yeah. even with his club because he's just been so good I think when you get to a level 
it's like you're allowed to retire twice and we can celebrate your career yes I know look I'll agree I will definitely give Muggsy a pass on this um, and I like the picture he did as well where the boots were hanging out it was brilliant nice and puma like, boots there on the edge of the thing I hadn't yeah. seen that before so. blackened out and blackened out and pumas yeah. Yeah. just 11 lovely words I wonder would he send me down those boots they're lovely yeah well, are like, you going to still play like for the Masters well I'll be playing oh yeah Masters yeah. yeah we might get on to that in a minute um, you be wearing Muggsy's boots in the Masters yeah geez, wouldn't that be great <laughs> so Declan Meehan I was thinking of another goal Declan Meehan is another one that springs to my mind it was in the All-Ireland final against Kerry and he's wing back and Paul Clancy plays maybe the, one of the best passes I've ever seen over his shoulder right into Meehan's pat who's continued his run from right half back and he buried it into the far left corner of the outside yeah. of his boots. So that was a fan. Darren O'Sullivan scored an unbelievable back flick. Kevin McManaman scored, like, I mean, let's be honest, what that goal meant to Dublin football. Yeah. They've never looked back since. That was a huge moment. Now, no, none of them, for me, come anywhere close to Muggsy's, Muggsy's goal. It was just a piece of absolute genius. I think Kevin Cassidy summed up, you know, when fellas retire on Twitter and I used to always reply to them and have a great career well done and I don't do that anymore now <laughs> because I'm now against retirement above that now. but it's not that I'm above it I've just grown older and cyni- more cynical I'm like ah you'd be alright I'm not <laughs> but anyways so Muggsy Kevin Cassidy replied back to Muggsy and he says all the best my man you won everything in the game and you did it with a smile on your face enjoy your downtime, downtime now and that's one thing you definitely remember about Muggsy Muggsy did everything with a smile he enjoyed it he enjoyed yeah. Croke Park he never looked like it was a chore he looked like I am absolute this is a tough game but I've never enjoyed myself more than what I'm doing you know what I mean yeah. you see a lot of players and it's like they score a goal and they're back out military Muggsy enjoyed playing like I mean he, I don't see many players like that now but there's some pictures of him as well like you know where people like the defenders obviously are sledging him there's one with Tom O'Sullivan just grabbing his beard and stuff and you know taking the piss out of him and Mulligan's genuinely laughing and <laughs> it, 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 he seemed to enjoy all that and oh, not, he did, it, yeah. not in a sort of like you know he'll relish it sort of way I think he just really appreciated the humour yeah. like, and like sort of and thought I think, it was funny I know he said live the dream in his, in his post but like I actually probably think on the field he's thinking I really am living the dream yeah do you know like I mean that's it he just played like he was just living the dream I did an event in Derry uh, last year and Joe Brawley and Muggsy were on the panel and Brawley in fairness to him said something nice about Muggsy and he said I don't know what it is but just having him in the same room as you makes you feel better about yourself and <laughs> I couldn't point it out either and I was like he's actually really right like you know he just has this presence that makes you feel good yeah no and that's fair enough so congratulations on a great career uh, Muggsy another one here I'm not sure if this will interest you very much it interests me a little bit is that there's a new championship structure in Loud right so I thought this was very interesting in the context of whether other counties should adopt it and to me it's basically the Kerry model yeah it is a so amalgamated junior and intermediate teams will lock horns with senior clubs in a new look loud all county football championship so basically the emotion was put forward and it was narrowly agreed by the delegates so it's going to set, start in 2019 so it's going to have basically it's like the Kerry Championship so you're still going to have your senior football championship with senior teams but that will have less importance now it's just like that will continue on like it always did but the real big championship will be all the senior teams along with amalgamations of north, south, east, west or whatever geographically yeah. of all the junior and intermediate clubs now I'm trying to think of the pros and cons of doing that I think there's 12 senior teams at the moment so um, obviously then it'll be bumped up so I presume intermediate and junior will go ahead as normal all that so extra fixtures so Loud are not making this easy on themselves yeah. so log- logistically this is not going to be easy fixture wise this is not going to be easy 
but it's fantastic for players around the county it's fantastic for the county manager to go to the senior games and see every player not just how these intermediate and junior players can perform at that level but how you know the best lads can perform actually against senior clubs so yeah. like I mean it gives it gives really big senior games to all players across the across the, the county that are good enough and like I mean you look at uh, like a brilliant player at a junior club and he'll never he'll never get the feeling of being in a senior county championship and it's all and that's just his bad luck that he's from a little village yeah. now he has that chance I just I think it's great I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for Loud to run after championship that's the only that's the only downside of it Kerry obviously do it well that's it. like when I looked at it I thought oh this is this is really good because I know when I was in Derry we used to talk about this wouldn't it be great if we had this and we always talked about these amazing junior and intermediate players that are overlooked because they're not playing senior and this is a perfect chance like you know if you amalgamate the teams and let them play senior and let them show how good they are yeah. then the county obviously develops from that as well but then I went on to some Louth forum last night and there was a lot of giving out about it and maybe really? this is just general GAs well, giving out yeah the forums usually give out about stuff but what? they don't have the structures in place for it they were complaining about the amount of fixtures and I just thought of the carry model like it is exactly the same as the carry model if you win the all county championship then you go through unless an amalgamated team wins it you can't represent loud in the yeah exactly but if you're in the final and you're a club then you go straight through yeah. but if it's two amalgamated teams in the final then the winner of the senior football championship goes through right. like the first the original championship yeah. but, but Kerry like have an unbelievable amount of games and they seem really happy with it it's yeah. funny because we always complain about like you know want more games to training ratio but then actually when we get more games we complain about that as well yeah. and I do understand like sometimes I think it's a pain in the arse playing so many games I want a bit of a break but this is a chance now to just have more games and less training and people don't seem they want it and like in Kerry Crooks are playing a bloody East Kerry Championship over Christmas yeah. like, I didn't know there was an East Kerry Championship and this is on top of the All County and the Senior Football Championship so yeah. do you want more games or not? I think they want more games and look at the end of the day Loud will be knocked out of the Championship in June most likely early July so they've plenty of time if they actually get yeah. their act together and actually start running this off especially they could get the senior championship run off pretty quickly and then maybe play that amalgamated champ- you know what I mean championship so like they should get straight into it um, here's a quote that will uh, tell you how far Cork have fallen Cork football so here's Colin Collins um, after Clare beat Cork in the McGrath Cup final one nine to nine points terrible terrible <laughs> <laughs> so this is now you have to remember this is the Clare manager right this is the Clare manager after beating Cork talking about his own team right <laughs> terrible terrible display so it was so many errors so many mistakes we've a lot to work on I was very disappointed with our display to be honest about it <laughs> <laughs> beating Cork with Adam Winters. beating Cork by three points in a McGrath Cup final and the Clare football manager is livid <laughs> with his team's performance like I mean it doesn't get any worse really for Cork football than that and that's no disrespect to Clare but traditionally like I mean this is very very embarrassing for Cork not to lose the Clare team now because Clare are arguably better it's just for the Clare manager to actually yeah. would not think there's any any big deal in saying that was absolutely brutal for us that just and and Colm Collins is saying nothing wrong by saying that it's more yeah, just yeah. a reflection on where Cork are right now Have you ever been in the change room where you're getting a bollocking because you only beat a, a bad team by three points and you wonder how are they feeling walking out hearing this like you know you should all stand behind for an 
inquiry because you beat them, but you didn't beat them well enough. Like. Yeah, well, look, that's harsh. That's just the way of the world, though. That's the way of yeah. the world. Like, I mean, you can't complain about things like that. But anyways, well, I'm going to, the point I'm going to make about this is, did you see this news last week that Graham Canty, Conor Coonahan and Brian Cuthbert have helped develop a long-term plan for Cork GA? Did you see this mm-hmm. last week? Yeah. So this is what they've come up with. So these are three Cork... Uh, well, Canty's a legend anyway. Coonahan is too. Cuthbert, not sure he's in the legendary category, but a very good manager. Um, good manager for his three years. Recent and experience. Recent experience like in the game. So this is what they came up with. The main points that I, was, I took this out of the Irish Times. So high quality coaches with a strong focus on developing the fundamental skills of the game will be available in all clubs, along with a support network for those club coaches led by the county games development staff by the end of 2024. There's one. Another one. A county championship structure which supports this work will be in place within three years. A clear overarching vision plan for football in Cork which is communicated to and understood by all involved in the game. A well-resourced administration fully supportive of this plan and driving its success. Right. When I read this, I was like, why the hell did we need Graham Canty, Conor Coonan, and Brian Cuthbert to say this? Like, yeah. Is this not just paint a picture of how utterly incompetent that county boards are that they this is what three players can come up with yeah. more coaches good coaches right yeah. how dumb do you need to be to have to have three ex-players to tell you, you that, that and a structure to support this and like I mean it's just beyond belief that when you see that so this is not going on in yeah. Cork in such a brilliant uh, uh, county and so much potential every time I read something like this it's just like why do I have to keep repeating myself why do we have amateurs who have no idea what they're doing Mm. running county boards which are now need academies they're they're a Premier League soccer club a small version of that and we've got amateurs with no experience in that area running them and they need ex-players to come in and say we need high quality coaches well so I don't know where they're going to get the money for these high quality coaches because obviously before Christmas the shit hit the fan about Parky Keeve yeah. so the the estimates were 64 million a cost approaching 110 million is what it looks look like it's going to be uh, end up at so Peter K- Croke Park had to come in and take over the running of the stadium so like I mean I'm not sure if this crosses over on the day to day running of coaches and stuff but it definitely puts them under a financial strain they couldn't pay back the stadium again what do county board members know about building a stadium or running a stadium <laughs> yeah. genuinely honestly like I mean what could they possibly say if me and you were to take over the Derry County Board tomorrow how would we know what to do Oh, we know, will they? No, but genuinely. <laughs> no, I know. And, and there's a new stadium under construction. And who's to oversee that? And how do you know? Yeah. And me and you are very intelligent fellows. Oh, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but do you get my point? Like, I mean, when is the penny going to drop that county boards in general are not skilled enough to run businesses, which is what county boards are? Well, absolutely. And like I saw a piece from you McKenna, McKenna a few weeks ago that said like, they overspend on the stadium. Never mind the actual spend on the stadium. The amount that they've overspent from what they projected it would cost, that would have built three Premier League stadiums. I think it was Swansea's, Leicester's and Southampton's. My like, God. Three modern, lovely little stadiums, like 40,000, 30,000. Like, you know, that's what the overspend alone would have built. But um, like, yeah, like, and then the My fact that, that they came out and in this meeting, I don't know if it was a mistake or not, but then they said that they were on target for the projected spend. You know, so it was almost like this 30, 40 million was just, you know, don't worry about that. That's, 
you know, that's nothing to see here. Like, you know, so I don't know if that's incompetence or just very, very worrying sort of mishandling of, like, deliberate mishandling. But either way, it does show people hearing over their heads. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. You're in over your heads. Then again, you look at this new bloody National Children's Hospital in in St. James's mm. and that's gone 700 million over or something <laughs> like I mean how does this how can this happen you get your estimate with the information how can it go that far over yeah. like I mean is your builder taking a lend out of you or how is like I mean yeah. how can how can this be possible but like one and one criticism I would have had of like Kempty and all like you know there's, it's great and it's obviously a lot of common sense where they're saying high quality coaches in every club by 2024 but I would have preferred if they showed how they were going to do that because especially now with all this it's like give me some sort of actual plan or like it sounds great that's what we're going to do but well exactly well if they it? broke it down this is what our, our games development grant was from Croke Park this is how we're going to be able to fund this mm. this is what we want these are the uh, graduates with a qualified degree in some sort of coaching or you yeah. know like I mean that's what you want like I mean you can get in 10 coaches but they could be useless yeah exactly it could be like it could be nepotism and it could be the, a mate of a mate and that absolutely goes on in county boards fellas getting jobs that don't actually deserve them and not thinking of the bigger picture but anyways like I mean it, it, there always seems to be something else with Cork I think we have time for for one more here and that is the Dublin third string beating a decent mead team on penalties like so I mean so we had penalties again Mayo again the great entertainers again of course Mayo lose this time on penalties Dublin beat Mead now the Dublin team was their third string let's be honest because none of them were on the panel of 30 really last year right well it didn't look to me mm. I don't know the exact ex- extended so if you're picking a, a first 15 for Dublin and a second 15 for Dublin none of these fellas are on it now unless they, there would be a few that might make a claim for it um, this year they beat a Mead team right Mead had one, two, three, four, five, five, uh, one, two, three, four defenders that played against Tyrone and Navin last last yeah. they had their, first, their midfield that played against Tyrone and Navin Brian Menton and Adam Flanagan they had Ben Brennan who played against Tyrone to Thomas O'Reilly who came on against Tyrone Graham Riley came on against uh, Dublin the other night he played nearly the whole game he played against Tyrone and they have Mickey Newman back this year Jeez. that was the Mead team that lost to Dublin's third <laughs> string Mead hammered leash <laughs> There's, this depressing. is just oh, it's so depressing it is so depressing I couldn't believe it when I saw the Mead team and I cross-referenced it against the Throne uh, game in Navin last year I couldn't believe it how strong I knew by some of the names jumping out of me but I just wanted yeah. to get a few more lads I was like I couldn't believe it I saw a report and I don't know if it was trying to just soften the blue for Mead but it said um, Dublin sent for Connor McHugh do you know as if like Dublin have had called upon their big guns to come in and finish the job they'd sent for somebody who would be in their second team Conor like, McHugh is turned into a bit of an also ran now he's lucky to get, yeah, on, to, so lucky to get on the second exactly team exactly yeah. like, and it's just the fact that the er, people knew his name yeah yeah <laughs> it's like well they, they got Conor McHugh in it's like Conor <laughs> McHugh isn't going to be starting for them this year like you know and that's the one player that they brought on yeah outrageous yeah. like he bringing the big gun on <laughs> but anyway Senan Connell was talking at the Air Sport um, at the Air Sport launch and he was talking about Shawnee McMahon, who's full back. So he's from Rahini, mm. I think. So he's he's uh, he's saying that he's a modern full back. He's not afraid to go. So he's going to take it up, take on up the field. He's flexible. He fisted a point, and he's not afraid of the heavy stuff either. He said he he thinks the full back line needs a bit of refreshing. He also mentioned Aaron Byrne from Nafina, and he mentioned Sean Bulger from St Plunkett so there's two lads to uh, to look out for uh, just a little bit more of the Dublin news Paul Flynn and Bernard Brogan are back again this year <laughs> 
there is nobody going to jump ship for the for five, five in a row. row. Like, I mean, let's be honest. We know the party line is, well, we're not even thinking about the five in a row. Yeah. Yes, you are, lads. It's never been done in the history of Gaelic football. Yeah, so I was actually thinking, does it matter that much if they've won enough with Dublin? Do you they will never. They'll be go down in history forever. Yeah, and I was be, thinking they will anyway. And Flynn and Bernard will have been on all five of them. Like they're never yeah. going to leave. Like Bernard's twins now. He's got a lot of business commitments. He's not absolutely not guaranteed his first place by any manner of means. Has a dodgy knee. Yeah, and he's going back. He just doesn't want to miss out on that five in a row. And like I mean, you you'd completely understand that yeah the target I suppose is who is the player who played in all five finals for Dublin well who is the five players who played in all five finals for Dublin James McCarthy anyways no but I mean like that's probably what you're aiming for when they do win five in a row yeah. it's like you but want okay, to be so let's do it here that's when I am I mean Cluxton James McCarthy there won't be that many after that Fenton Cooper. wasn't around no Cooper wasn't around in 11 so two thousand. Oh, no it's five in a row Cooper yeah, then five yeah. in a row, Cooper's yeah. in the mix right I'm thinking of the se- if you want lads who Kiel- started all seven Keanu Sullivan oh yeah all seven Kilkenny so. didn't start all of them Keno Sullivan could have been injured for one, was he? Anyways, look. Are we still recording here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you might let us know um, if there's if we've got anything wrong there. Right, we'll come back with some of your questions from Twitter. Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. All right, so questions from Twitter. So we said we'd get a few um, questions out of you on the last show before we split out the the two podcasts. And the first one is from Bill Horan, and we kind of touched on this already. Um, why are we not having a serious conversation about adding a second referee? Wasn't, a str- wasn't it a strong suggestion from him, Fitzmaurice? The pros would far outweigh the cons. I'm not sure they would. To be honest with you, like, because if if uh, Brannigan can't count hand passes in one half, how is another lad on the field <laughs> going to fix that? I think two referees have different styles. I think you could be getting pulled for one thing on, uh, especially the tackle, especially picking the ball up off the ground. Little things like that mm. that might be blown on one end, and another referee might be a lot more relaxed about them. Will the referees have to syndicate and make sure that they're anal about the same things? Because everyone, again, for before championship games, will get a full lowdown on what this referee is likes his dislikes he's a stickler for this he doesn't like verbals so you could be given all the verbals you want one end and you could be getting <laughs> yeah. a red card do you get me I think, yeah. it's a, I think it's a lot more messy than people think and for me with two linesmen and four umpires all mic'd up how much more do you want mm. there's pulling off the ball you missed a foul down here you know just talk to the referee make his life easier I don't see what another referee can do to help yeah I think a, a good referee as well what they do is they, they get into the game like and they get into the flow of the game and they you know they start getting up to the pace of it they start getting not, not a relationship with the players but they're, they're the one talking to them the whole time yeah. you know, and then there is that level of consistency then the whole way through even if he's a bad referee at least you start knowing what they expect from him Like that's it you can start reading him yeah. and you'll understand it so yeah. that would be completely messed up if you were just letting him go after the halfway line and a different referee yeah no exactly so this one's from Derek O'Donnell he says are people becoming obsessed with the poor handballing rule rather than the issue it was trying to address i.e. resorting to kicking res- restoring kicking into the game what can be done to restore kicking skills so that the handball is not simply the safe preference? The hand pass, I presume he means when he says handball. Um, restore kicking into the game, I don't think really there's anything. I think other than getting the, uh, 
other than getting a more traditional structure on the actual field which could have been done what we suggested well what I suggested before this whole thing started was to uh, have a restriction on how many players you can bring back into your own half Do you, like I mean I don't think there's actually anything I think what this hand pass thing is doing is trying to get kit restoring kicking in how do you do that would, would they be wearing a different jersey or how do you I don't know I think it, my idea Ramagin of that will have a nightmare with that my idea of that is that your full forward line 13, 14, 15 are your mark are your scorers and they cannot track back you've one other forward then your number 11 right so 11 13, 14, 15 do not come back into your own half now obviously subs that come on can make that a little bit more interesting but you have a direct sub for a direct sub do you get me like I mean if you're taking off Clifford and you're bringing on Barry John Kane he's your he's your forward unless all these players are nominated with on the programme forward forward you know what I mean and then your two wing forwards can track back anyways I don't want to get into that Conan because like I mean this is like Joe Brawley now talking about all <laughs> no. his and he's taking credit for Stephen O'Mara's pass <laughs> back to the goalkeeper I think your initial uh, offensive mark would be one start anyway like yeah. know, when you had to win it inside the 20 which just would have encouraged people to kick it in and catch it in there they can still do that to a sense but it's not in their minds as much no exactly so Michael Lavin had that exact same question he said would a minimum number of players in each half rule not be the simplest and most effective cure for football problems with the benefit of not needing five or six badly thought out uh, piecemeal rules I think my obviously this is just my subjective opinion is my offensive mark inside the 20 and a restriction on going back simple you've a brilliant game and I don't think you'd have as much complaints Um, James Gorman uh, tweeted and he says are people losing interest in football due to the negative tactics and unfair advantage Dublin possesses with a quarter of the population of the country I know I am (laughs) Uh, the answer to all that is yes uh, James that's why people are uninterested and it was interesting that TV viewership only three Conan and this is very worrying only three GA games got in the top 20 sporting uh, yeah no that's poor that is poor and the 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 viewership for the All Ireland final was horrific compared to it. It's down about four hundred thousand on the on the previous year. Yeah, no, I would I would look at like you have to you have to have a bigger sample there because the year before there were loads of GA games in it, like you know, and one year later, but when we changed the structure of the championship and we had one week build up from the quarter final to the semi final, we didn't show as much GA games like football games anyway. And then we showed a couple of random sort of super eight matches, which people complained about because some of them were dead rubbers and stuff. Then, so I don't know. I just think the whole structure of it messed up a little bit. Don't think Dublin helped at don't all. Don't remember that Dublin have shown Dublin changed the game in 2017 against Tyrone. They showed that this hand passing possession game on the outside of the screen, waiting for your opportunity, slow methodical build up. So 17 and 18 has been different to like the counter-attack worked in 13, 14, 15, 16 to a certain you know to a yeah. much more degree now the ball is not taken into contact now the ball is not turned over now we're seeing 29 hand pass sequences do you know so like I mean I think 17 and 18 we're heading on a spiral now of hand pass city because again mm. they're all follow the leader Conan it's all copycat stuff so they saw Dublin do its throne yeah. now they're all doing it but I agree Like, but I, I did think Michael Murphy's comments were interesting last year going on about how they have to score was it 23 points or something like that to beat Dublin I think Dublin beating Tyrone so convincingly in the last two years people will know yeah they can keep the ball and stuff but it'll show teams like Tyrone that 
actually we can't beat Dublin playing this way now we have to outscore them as difficult as that is I don't know like I mean the pen, like even with the three hand passes they're still all dropping bodies back like they're so programmed into it it's unbelievable alright Mark McKernan tr- uh, three left would we benefit from scrapping pre-season competitions in place of a home and away league campaign as Kieran McGinley suggested or should a clear out of pre-season competition be in place of a new extended championship I'm not sure about that last bit so anyways remember talking about this with Kieran McGinley last year I say no uh, absolutely scrap the pre-season home, home and away league would be absolutely torturous it's, it, you're doubling the games mm. so you'd have to scrap the April for clubs and you'd need January and April just to fi- finish out the actual the only way to do that is to make the league the only competition in the whole year and play knockout coming out of the league yeah. like I can't see a league home and away uh, ever working based on the championship structure we have in the summer if you want to move it all like Aussie rules make it a whole season like the long. AFL yeah, it's not a whole season long home and away top four going to All-Ireland semi-final final All-Ireland champions and that would yeah. be your genuine All-Ireland champions yeah. like, it wouldn't be a harder championship to win than that one get rid of the pre-season competitions but like leave some space for the Sigerson <laughs> that's given yeah, in the yeah, club exactly but uh, in fairness to the GA, we know this is being reviewed uh, next year at the end of this year when we're in this is only the second year of Duffy's we need three years of this mm. so not in change of three years um, another one this is from jeez I don't have this fella's name um, I didn't put down his name anyways he says you're on year three of your three year plan for Galway to win Sam how's it going to go <laughs> the best I, question of them all I'm feeling pressure so we have the two Sweeney brothers that left the panel I don't think that's a terribly bad thing we have McDade and Silk back into the mix we have <laughs> we've Kieran Malloy getting a run now um, wing back McDade actually played wing forward yeah. against uh, against Mayo he's going to be a plus uh, I have to admit when I made that prediction I did not see Dublin's new wave coming I saw I saw Connolly <laughs> yeah. going I saw Berno going I saw Flynn going I saw Michael Dar McCauley going I saw all these lads going and I saw Galway had a great chance when Dublin weren't were weakening to maybe get an All Ireland three yeah. years. I thought they had great potential. I didn't see Howard coming. I didn't see Scully coming. I didn't see Con getting as good as as he did. I didn't see well. Fenton has obviously come completely. Oh, he Merchant was he was around. Merchant is back in the mix <laughs> it's now. A joke is like I mean, it's a complete. It is a complete joke. So no, Galway won't win the All Ireland in three years. Dublin will win the All Ireland next year, and the only team that could potentially stop them, I think, is Kerry. Oh, only, only because I'm, I'm reading in that they have the talent they can match potentially Dublin for points and the fact that when Dublin were really strong in the 70s Kerry came from nowhere with a young team to beat them so they have that tradition and belief that they can actually do this mm. when they've done it another team with the Jack O'Shea's and the Spillans and all these they did it it's not beyond yeah. the possibilities I thought Tyrone had that sort of swagger about them for about 15 minutes in the final as well and it was like oh yeah these boys will think they can win and then Dublin just started rumping up the games yeah. ah look you'd want to be crazy to bet against Dublin this year and the thing about Dublin you can be guaranteed they're coming back with the same hunger they're like like I mean you're not even going to say geez well complacency could catch Dublin it, it absolutely yeah. won't and Jim Gavin locked in for Jim another Jim Gavin's losing the run of himself you know, Jim he's Gavin he's doing a Brian Cody on it like I mean he's locked in how many more years has he 20, locked in 2022 is it yeah so there you go like I mean if he, if he went you would think there might get in a bit of a Jack the Lad manager like a Tommy Lyons maybe and get back to the good old days or something with Dublin being a bit kind of all over the place but I don't see that happening anytime soon what odds you get for 10 in a row Oh Jesus, I don't know. I don't know, but like I mean it would be worth it'd be worth a tenner. Anyway, speaking of Dublin, Joe McAvoy um tweeted 
and he said what are Leash's chances in the Masters competition this year <laughs> and it was a fantastic now he did the monkey covering his eyes face so I don't know is he taking the piss out of me <laughs> or what but we're going to win the Masters this year do you uh, have a full power? so I've been trash talked already Dublin are starting to get in the mix here so they've been out training with Coach Kavanagh nonetheless Shut up. the Dublin Masters are back at it already what doing MMA and stuff they're and doing MMA in the close season so these lads aren't messing around they're here. already doing supplementary training yeah, like they're, not, they're, mess, they're not messing around so I don't know who their manager is our manager is the great Barney Marr so I text the group and says Barney's going to want to get his finger out these dubs are <laughs> these so we have to see what we're going to go listen this is my analysis of this Masters this Masters there's a lot of 45 to 55 year olds playing this I'm 40 years of age I'm fresh yeah. I don't have any weight on me Greg Ramsbottom Chris Conway Kevin Fitzpatrick all these Noel Garvin Tom Kelly Joe Higgins we're all 40-41 we're going to win that yeah. only because it's a numbers game we're like young fresh like obviously we're old at 40 but we're young Masters players like you can't get any younger we're yeah. all only 40 so there's only going to be one winner of the Masters this year and that's Leash when is it? I don't know when it's on is it? <laughs> Oh Jesus <laughs> We'd want to start training Or my trash talk Is going to look very stupid It's going to be class like, I'm actually looking forward to it It'd be like the soccer sixes That were on there Over Christmas like, Oh know, yeah the, With McIntyre and Michael yeah. Owen yeah. McIntyre absolutely Losing the shit And I heard him then Afterwards And he was still Complaining about it And he said She's got a great team together. We had a great blend of youth and experience. It's like, hang on, you're all over forty here. There's no <laughs> youth and experience. Darren Rooney's another one. He's another one. And then next year, when we get the '97 minors in the mix, we'll have Clancy, we'll have Aidan Fenley, we'll have Brian McCormick, who's still playing Port Leash. If we don't win it this year, we win next year. I'll give you a three-year prediction on the Masters, <laughs> like I did. Oh, we're coming. But that stays Dublin, like Bernard Brogan and Paul Flynn. No, <laughs> Alan Brogan and them will be the next to come. Yeah. yeah so yeah. We, when they come, then you know that's a good win of uh, Brian Cullen Declan Lally well, oh. you know all that age group who won two All-Irelands in a row they'd all become it Barry Cal, all that those lads yeah. so Shane Ryan you know like I mean anyways listen we'll worry about those dubs when they come <laughs> we want to get the All-Ireland in uh, before that happens I'm right. nothing I'm I can't nothing. believe we're still talking here right that's all we've time for we'll be back next Thursday we're going to build up to the league uh, we'll do some sort of preview Matty Ford is signed up to the to the football show and we might have one more surprise uh, signing for the football show also Brian Carroll has been signed up for the hurling show so we'll be unveiling our new pundits why do you make a big splash about this you're back am I going over to the hurling as well (laughs) I think I'm ready for it I don't think so right listen we'll talk to you next Thursday good luck I'm not finished yet it took me a long time to get here both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f-ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f-ing houses for f-ing 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live 
and move to the UK.